Live 4 is a 501c3 nonprofit with a mission to empower kids with disabilities to participate in adaptive sporting and recreational activities. I am Katherine Kraft, the pediatric physical therapist behind this movement, and I continue to strive for ways to break down any perceived barriers and encourage all kids to go confidently in the direction of their dreams. Here at Live 4, we do this through collaboration with adaptive and recreational programs and businesses to create unique and inspiring rehabilitative services. Welcome, everybody. We are so glad you're here today as we talk to John Boy. He is an athlete at the highest level as a member of the U.S. Men's National Wheelchair Basketball Team. He has his eyes set on the 2021 Paralympics this August in Tokyo. A native of Wisconsin, he grew up on a farm, but when he was involved in a tractor accident at the age of two that resulted in an incomplete spinal cord injury, it didn't mean his parents were going to go easy on him. Join us as John talks about how he got to where he is today, the obstacles he continues to overcome, and how to not be afraid of failing. So grab a cup of coffee and join us as we get ready to empower kids. Welcome everybody to the second episode of our second season here with the Live For Empowering Kids podcast. And today we are here with John Boy. Hi, John. Hey, how's it going? It's so great. It is so amazing to see you. And actually, this is the first time we're meeting. And so we have a shared common friend, Damian Bookman, who we talked to last week, who introduced me to you. And I couldn't be more excited to have you on today because you have done some amazing things in your life. Yeah, done, done a thing or two. Uh, <laughs> Damian's been a fun guy to play with along the way. He's, he's my teammate uh, with the Wisconsin Thunder here. Yeah, that is that how you guys first got connected? That is, yeah. I graduated college from UW-Whitewater. Uh, which for those who don't know, it's kind of the Duke or the Kentucky of the wheelchair basketball world. Um, so coming out of there, I needed a place to play. And Damien, as he does with everyone, open arms. It's like, hey, come come play with us. So I was pretty blessed to go there. Oh, that's amazing. So do you think you can tell everybody a little bit about yourself, how you got involved in wheelchair sports in general, and what the beginning was like for you when you were first trying out those basketball skills? <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I grew up on a farm in southern Wisconsin here. Uh, so, you know, I was injured at the age of two. I was run over by a tractor on a family farm. Kicker was, my brother was <sighs> driving. Oh. No, but uh, just kind of the way it came about. Um, so growing up, I really credit my parents a lot um, of not coddling me as much as, hey, uh, we're all going to pick rocks. Figure it out, you know, pushing through the fields. Uh, I had to, you know, help with milking the cows or uh, driving the skid loader around or whatever it was. Um, so it's kind of something I was always used to uh, is having a disability, but I didn't really know anything different. Um, right. And at the age of 11, uh, you know, I'd always been really into sports. Uh, I always wanted to be a Green Bay Packer growing up. And then one day I kind of realized I can't have my dad pushing me around on the field playing for the Packers. So. Uh, I mean, I think it'd be awesome. So maybe we got to change that world too. <laughs> I know. Could have been playing with Aaron Rodgers right now. Amazing. I uh, went to a camp at UW Whitewater, which is right in my back backyard, pretty much about 15 minutes from me. And uh, they have a wheelchair basketball camp every summer. Uh, and I said they have a very high reputation. And so uh, when I went there, you know, I was among some people that I now realize like, holy smokes, I was playing with these guys. 
Um, but I fell in love with wheelchair basketball and figured out there's other people um, in wheelchairs that are my peers that I can compete against and not have to run against my able-bodied friends on the grass and right. mud and all that good stuff. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. So what when you first got there and tried wheelchair basketball for the first time, what was your thought? Did you think, oh, this is super easy or was it challenging for you? Uh, you know, I think it gave me a leg up that I, you know, my parents were just letting me free playing as kids yeah. on the playground and, and whatnot. Uh, everybody's taller and can run. Um, so when I definitely tried it, uh, I was like, man, this is, this is a lot of fun. And then I watched some of the adults and the camp counselors play who play at a very high level. And I was like, holy smokes, these guys are yeah. awesome. Like, yeah. Yeah. For anybody who hasn't, anybody listening who hasn't watched it. So we, I went to physical therapy school at UW-Madison and they brought us to UW-Whitewater game one year to meet the athletes and, and see the sport and learn more about it. And I think all of us were jaw dropped. We're like, this is intense and this is amazing. And we are all hooked and we are all fans now because it is so intense and it's, it's an amazing sport. And so that's impressive that you could hold your own there a little bit from the beginning. And I think you make a good point about your parents just pushing you through that. I think a lot of times I see, I see both ends of the spectrum. I see some parents who really want to protect their kids, whether they were injured or born with an abnormality and they don't want to see them get hurt and they don't want to see them fall down. And then the other end, like you're talking about where the parents are just like, yep, we're doing this. And so are you, and we're going to figure it out. And so I'm wondering to any parents who are listening and, and might be a little bit nervous to put their kid in a wheelchair sport or try wheelchair basketball, is there anything that you would say to them to kind of make them a little less nervous about letting their kids try it? Uh, you, you know, I have a lot of thoughts and I really, really, really appreciate my parents in the way that they uh, encouraged me in sports as a kid because they let me fail like all the time. I mean, <laughs> even now when I play, I am very fast and I get hit and I just tumble like a tumbleweed across the court and get back up. My mom still gasps in the stands. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's natural for a parent to be like, I don't want my baby to get hurt and smack his right. head. But yeah. It's going to happen. You know, there's people are going to fall. Yeah. Um, you know, you're going to lose games, whatever it is. But I think it's important to let them go out and kind of figure it out themselves, you know, be yeah. that helping hand along the way. Uh, but ultimately, you know, this is your own independence in a wheelchair. Um, and, you know, you got to kind of figure it out yourself to a certain point. Uh, and so, you know, being uncomfortable and seeing your kid cry might happen, but it's going to grow them a lot more as you, as you look along the way and see the rewards later. Yeah. As a parent myself, I think that's really helpful to hear too, because even for, even for my young child, I hate seeing him fail. Yet when I hear you talk and I think back on my life, like the only way that I ever grew or I ever learned anything was to fail, you know? And so I think that's a huge point. I think we really have to, you know, maybe gasp and hold our breath a little bit as parents, as we let our kids adventure out into the world and then realize they're going to get back up and they're going to keep going again and it's going to be okay. So speaking of falling, I've witnessed one of your falls on a recent video clip I was watching. And so when you fall in a wheelchair, you're taking the whole brunt on basically your arms. You're trying to catch yourself and all of your weight on your arms. Do you find like wear and tear to your shoulders, both from pushing and catching falls? Um, I know that you're going through a shoulder injury yourself. So how would you speak to dealing with some shoulder injuries that might come up from the sport? Yeah, I think it's natural. I mean, depending on 
the range of your disability. Uh, I use a wheelchair every day. Um, so naturally my shoulders are going to take more wear and tear. Like I'm, I just turned 30, which is weird to say, uh, but 30 Welcome years old. Welcome to 30. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, my shoulders are, are not 30 years old. They're older than that. Uh, and that's just kind of natural with it. But uh, I've definitely learned along the way, uh, you know, take care of myself a little bit better, you know, stretching and, you know, my, I'm fairly strong. So when I get to certain points, yeah, that's going to happen. But I know that I've set myself up in a spot that I'll be okay. Um, but, you know, wear and tear is going to happen a little bit more. It's just natural in a wheelchair. Yeah, for sure. And so when it comes to just taking care of your body in general, is there certain nutrition that you try to stick to as well that's really helpful for you? Or how do you just take care, especially now being at the higher level that we haven't even talked about, because now you're playing for the U.S. men's national team, training out mm -hmm. in Colorado Springs right now, hoping to be in Tokyo 2021, which is soon. What's only coming up in what, three months now? Um, yep. So to get yourself from that, I just love playing basketball and this is fun. So now I want to really compete and be at the highest level possible. What does an athlete like yourself have to do to prepare yourself for that? You know, I've seen different phases of it. Um, when I was in like high school, you know, I was just like, oh, lifting weights, that doesn't sound like fun. I want to go on a court and shoot a ball and push around. Um, as I transitioned to college, uh, I realized how much more strength can, can help you uh, perform better as an athlete. Um, so that was definitely something that I kind of started to figure out and figure out different lifting plans and whatnot. Um, but as I've continued on to the level I am now, I mean, I have the resources living at the training center, you know, unbelievable chefs down there that cook this awesome food. That's really good for you. Uh, they have recovery stuff. Uh, I have my own strength coach, uh, that helps with our team that I meet with every day. Um, so there's a lot of things that have gotten me to the point where I am, uh, just kind of through others and through watching and learning. Um, but also taking advantage of any resource that is given available to you, like they're there to help. So, so use them. And that's something that I've really taken advantage of a lot. And it's brought me to the point where I am, where, like you said, 14 weeks away from uh, Tokyo, I'm pretty excited. Yeah, that's amazing. And I imagine that it had to be hard too to like that was supposed to happen last year. So for your training to ha have to peak at, you know, August of 2020, and now it's, you have to peak at 2021. What does that impact in COVID have on you? Uh, it's been hard to train the last year just to kind of find a facility, you know, getting creative at home uh, with things that might weigh 25 pounds or you know, <laughs> uh, grabbing on my doorframe, doing push up or pull-ups on the doorframe, like whatever I got to do, yeah. um, just getting creative. And my coaches really work with me a lot on that too. Um, but you can come up with your own things as well. Uh, I think so. I think the bigger part this last year has been uh, kind of the mental piece of uh, staying engaged and, you know, we're all cooped up at home. Uh, mm -hmm. I want to be out playing with my, my teammates and, you know, catching some passes and, and celebrating and whatnot. Uh, so just trying to stay engaged and control what you can control is something that I've learned a lot more in life, uh, yeah. which is something I've learned more on the court, um, you know, growing up because, you can't put the ball in the hole every time. It just doesn't always go in. You know, you're not always going to stop the other team from making shots, but you know, you can always control your effort and your attitude uh, going into these things. And so that's the same with, you know, the extension of one more year to the Paralympics. It's just a longer runway to get better and, you know, get ready to go dominate the rest of the world. Yeah. I love that. And I think a lot of people listening can relate to that because, and two, as a pediatric physical therapist, 
I've seen the effects of pandemics, even in our youngest kids who used to get outside and play. And that was their thing that they liked to do is, is to play with their friends or to play sports. And then the sports were taken away. And even if a kid didn't identify as an athlete, like maybe you would identify yourself as an athlete, even the kids that didn't, they identified themselves as, as playing with their friends. And then they went inside and they didn't get creative or parents didn't know what to do to help them move within the house. So I love what you're saying about, you know, I did pull-ups in the door frame, or, you know, I tried to find something that weighed 25 pounds. I, I think that's amazing. And it's so good for people to hear because if you can make it fun, if you can be creative, if you can come up with your own things that maybe you don't have somebody there doing it with you, but you put some tunes on, you play some music and you try to figure out different ways you can move your body. There are a ton of different things that you can do to stay active within your own home. And then when the time comes to rejoin, it's like, let's go full force because this has been crazy trying to stay at home and do all this, you know, pull-ups in my door frame kind of deal. So I think that's awesome that you're doing that. It reminds me too, I, I just a quick side note, when I was training to play for UW, I played on their hockey team there. They gave us a at-home workout program and I like was on a farm at that time as well and had like no weights or anything to do, but I'm like, I have some buckets that I can fill with water and I have, you know, some cinder blocks that I can throw around. And I think that there's a lot of fun in trying to, to just come up with creative ways to stay in shape. So for you, can you touch a little bit about, you know, your identity as an athlete and when you couldn't play, like, did you ever find any mentally challenging times during that when your sport wasn't available for you to engage in during that year? Uh, yeah, hundred uh, percent. I mean, especially with my surgery that I went through this last year as well, you know, I'm, I'm laid up on a couch. I, I couldn't pour milk in my cereal if I wanted to. Yeah. Uh, you know, so to not even be able to shoot a ball if I did have access, you know, beyond just the regular restrictions, it's definitely weighs a lot. Um, and my identity, I realized more and more is in basketball. It's in the, the world of athletics. Um, I think it's something that you can always be a part of. Um, and so trying to find different ways of, you know, connecting with my teammates via calls and, uh, you know, just kind of watching video with them and chatting about stuff, uh, you know, again, it's being creative and finding ways that you can still engage. Right. Yeah. So me and my teammates may not have uh, the physical on court chemistry right now if we played. Right. But we still have that mental connection. We still have that relationship. Um, you know, even Damien, you know, he's calling me every couple of weeks while I'm out here, uh, just kind of checking on me and my my rehab and stuff. And I think that's kind of the important thing of knowing sports, uh, especially in a disabled setting. Uh, it not only allows you to have more friends, but allows you to have friends that have uh, a similar situation to you so you can kind of connect on a, a level that you might not be able to connect with with your able-bodied friends um, mm -hmm. which is you know really valuable as well awesome and two I'm I wonder so I go back to thinking you know the different equipment that you have to use for basketball because I know the chair is different when you're playing wheelchair basketball than your everyday user chair and I think I've seen you also enjoying some hunting and recreation out on the interwebs. Um, so when it comes to different equipment that you need to be able, when it is time to rejoin and be back in the pre-pandemic life, how did you find access to some of that specialized equipment? Well, I've had my own ball chair, right? Like you have your own, your own pair of tennis shoes. Uh, it's been sitting, you know, across the room for me, looking at me for a while. Uh, I'm actually going to get in it this afternoon for the first time in like five months. I'm pretty yes. excited. Awesome. I hope that goes well. 
very pumped. Thank you. Yes. Um, but uh, you know, there's different ways. There's there's grants, um, especially for for kids who are new to a sport. I want to try something out. The Challenge Athletes Foundation, awesome foundation. Um, great yeah. way to kind of get equipment. Uh, you know, whether it's a hand bike or a basketball chair or or whatever it is that you want to try. You know, it's something to pursue. There's different uh, you know foundations and programs like that. Um, there's also people in different communities. So if you look up uh, different clubs or you get connected with somebody like Damien in the Milwaukee area, right? Yeah. He is more than happy to lend you a wheelchair and, and fix it up and strap you into it and get you ready to go. Um, you know, there's, there's lots more people out there if you kind of put yourself out there to kind of make connections. Um, otherwise, uh, some of that specialized equipment uh, is not as accessible. You know, a weight room is not necessarily there, but you can always find ways to find something that's, you know, heavy enough to curl that's going to challenge you or, yeah. you know, a hill that's big enough. You can just go push up that hill. <laughs> and then go down it because going down is going to be even more fun, right? Way more fun. <laughs> Way. <laughs> it's like we tell kids to roll up the hills when we're trying to work on their strength, but they only do it for the benefit of coming down. So I can <laughs> see the same thing, you know, push up that hill so you can come down it. Um, well, that's amazing. Um, and I also know, or I believe you're currently working or when you're not in, in training for the Olympics, you're currently working at UW Whitewater still as well. Is that correct? Yep. I'm an academic advisor at Whitewater. So it's a, it's a great flexible job. I get to meet with students, especially yeah. in the COVID world right now. Uh, you know, I can work from the training center out here and, and meet with students virtually like I would be anyways at home. Awesome. And are you able to connect with any of the athletes too, or any prospective athletes that, that might be wanting to play at UW? Do you do any of that? I often meet with a lot of recruits, um, not just wheelchair basketball for other sports as well. Um, just cause I've, you know, grew up in the area. I went to school there and I worked there. Um, yeah. It's a great connection, but it's, it's always something really fun to kind of brag about your own school a little bit. Cause I'm totally, totally. Yeah. But I also legitimately think it's a great place to go uh, yeah. to kind of further your, your education and your, your athletics if you want to. Yeah, that's amazing. I love it. Um, one of the last questions I have related to wheelchair basketball, I'm sorry, I'm such a geek about it. I get really excited, is sure. the classification system. So I know that there is, you know, certain numbers out there or certain I don't know how to explain it. I'd love to hear you that you can have competing against on this on the floor so that you're having an even as even as possible competition based on disability. Can you speak to that a little bit? Absolutely. If anyone's ever YouTubed wheelchair basketball, right, you're going to look at all the guys on the court and then you're going to look at the guys on the bench and you're like, why wouldn't you put in the five biggest dudes out there? Why wouldn't you do that? <laughs> yeah. um, but they kind of set it up in a way that each person uh, based on their disability, can have an ex a different kind of value. So based on your function, uh, if you are missing maybe just a foot, for example, you're the highest function, you're the highest class, you're going to be a 4.5. Okay. Uh, you know, the lowest classification actually is myself. So I don't have use of my hips or much of a core, you know, a, a light breeze could blow me over if I'm not careful. Um, but I'm, I'm going to be a class 1.0. So it goes by half point increments from 1.0 to 4.5, okay. um, depending on your disability and your function. So among your five guys on the court, you can't add up to more than 14 points. Okay. So, you know, if you see one guy get subbed out, you probably got to sub out two people. And so that's where it kind of can come down to, man, if you have a really good class one uh, that can guard a class four, then your other four players have a numerical advantage against the other four players they're going against. And so that's yeah. where 
you know, I've kind of made my own value on the U.S. team and at my home team. Um, and that's where lower classification players can kind of work their way in and become pretty valuable. Yeah, I, that it's really good to know, because I think that some people might get intimidated by, you know, watching the wheelchair basketball sports that are out there and watching how talented some people can be and think, oh, that's not me or I can't be there. But that's not where you have to start either. And knowing that there's different classifications, I think might really help decrease the fear that some people have that went when wanting to join. Um, and so I'm wondering too, not everybody is an everyday wheelchair user, I imagine then that's playing wheelchair basketball. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, we have, we have guys on our team that are amputees. We got a guy on our team that has a, a metal uh, femur. Uh, okay. We got some guys that, uh, you know, they can walk, but you can tell there's a little, little hitch in their giddy up. Little, little right. something <laughs> um, so there's definitely a range of disabilities that um, keeps you eligible to play as long as it's a permanent, you know, lower body disability, you can play wheelchair basketball. Yeah. And I think that's super important to point out because there's some kids that I work with and some parents that their kids that think and know that their kids are not going to be able to keep up with their able-bodied peers, even if they're not an everyday wheelchair user, but they might have one of those disabilities that you just listed and never think, oh, I can put them in a wheelchair and they can play super competitively um, or they can play just for fun, however they want to do it. Yet if an amputee was trying to play football or basketball alongside an able-bodied peer, like you say, like even for a below the knee amputee, you get bumped a little bit running and your like your agility is not as good as an able-bodied like person might be. I think of Damien in general, you know, even with his knees, like he, when I first met him, he was joking around how if I bumped him, he would fall over. And I was like, ah, that's not true. And kind of put my hand on him and knocked him over. <laughs> I felt, you know, he laughed alongside with me, but I felt terrible. I was like, gosh, you just never realize the limit of mobility there when you can't really see it and so and then watching him in a chair just a world of a difference of what he can do in a chair so I just want to say to all the parents out there even if your child is not a wheelchair user if you've never thought about wheelchair sports it is an opportunity that can really open the door for kids and I think of it outside of sport as well which is another thing I just wanted to ask you about like we've talked a lot about the sport and how all the benefits it can have physically and mentally. But do you think that had you not had sports in your life, you might be somewhere different today, even when it comes to your career or your job or your level of mental strength and resiliency that it seems that you have? You know, it's, it's hard to answer without like put your, put myself in those shoes. Um, but I, I mean, wheelchair basketball has opened the door of everything for me. I mean, I was recruited to play in college and I got a full scholarship to, to go through college. Would not have happened without wheelchair sports. You know, traveling the world on the US national team, unbelievable the places I've gone. I, I wouldn't just schedule those vacations every year yeah. uh, to, to do that. Uh, you know, the people that I met, you know, I get to you know, meet up with people like yourself. Uh, last year I went to an award show on the red carpet. I mean, there's, there's all sorts of things that happen that, that would never have happened. And I get emails or, you know, messages like I did just to meet you this last week uh, that come up, you know, intermittently. And, and it's just really cool. Uh, the opportunities that are there uh, that I totally credit to wheelchair sports. And so it, it may be something that's kind of nerve wracking to get into and nobody likes to be bad at something, right. but at the start of anything, you're going to be, you're, you're going to struggle a little bit. Uh, and yeah. so that's, that's definitely a stigma that, you know, if you're, if you're nervous about it, Hey, go try it out. And at the worst, 
yeah, you're going to fail. And then the next time you play, you're going to be better. That's yeah. just kind of how life works. So yeah. I definitely credit wheelchair basketball with so much of where I am right now. Yeah. And I think that's just so true with sports in general. Like I think about that all the time. Some of the sports that I've played, I would have never traveled to the places that we went to with sport had it not been for the sport. And I think of even Tokyo, like, you know, maybe you'd want to travel there, but probably not. Uh, it's an amazing place, but would you have just put it on your list? Who knows, you know? So I think that that is so cool that it can open the door to that type of travel experience as well. Um, okay. So I know that your time is precious and I would like to just, there's two segments that we always do at the end of every podcast that I'd like to touch on. The first one is like your favorite movement experience in the last week or so. Like what have you done movement wise with your body that was super fun or you just had a really great time doing? You know, I think the answer for that is going to be when I get back on a court for the first time today. Yes. That I am super jacked for. And you might have to take a little selfie video to tell us how awesome it was. Hey, I just, <laughs> I'll put it in here. I might have to. I can replay it all tonight. It'd be awesome. Yes. Um, I think that's going to be what I'm most excited for. And how uh, long has it been? Uh, about six months since I've been in my chair, able to actually function in it. So. Yeah, cool. Well, I can't wait to hear about that. That's going to be amazing. And it's going to go, you know, so perfectly. I know it. It's just going to be just like riding a bike, they say, right? Just like pushing I, your chair. I hope so. Yeah, cool. Well, we wish you the best with that. Thank you. Our next question, which everybody loves, is the Beckett question segment, which my son is four years old, like I mentioned. And Beckett always gets to watch some videos, hear a little bit about the people that we're talking to, and then he just gets open-ended question and we just go with it. Um, are you ready for this? Let's do it. All right. He wants to know, do you wear fancy shoes or shoes with hole in them that are not so fancy? <laughs> you know, it's funny that you asked that question. Uh, I know those on the podcast can't see this right now, but these are my Team USA shoes right here. Nice. I would say super fancy. Yes. So, I, I'm not a huge shoe guy, but I like to look okay. You yes. know, gotta look good for the, the ladies out there and, and you know, in case there's any pictures going on. You know, I look. love it. Shoes are important. Beckett will tell you the shoes have to be right. If the shoes are not right, there is no leaving the house. So he's, he's already on a good path. I can tell. <laughs> well, perfect. And before we close up today, is there anything else that you would like to share or talk about before we close up? Uh, you know, I just uh, would kind of re reiterate some points uh, from earlier that, you know, don't be afraid to get involved. Uh, you know, if your, your child wants to try a sport or even if they don't want to try a sport, man, make them do it. Like have them try they're going to thank you later of either that they tried and they figured out they don't like it or they tried and they love it. Like I do. Um, you know, it's, it's a stigma to kind of, uh, ease into it or kind of be a little nervous, but like anything, that's, that's how it goes. And I really, really would encourage kids to kind of get into there and have their parents push them to try it and, you know, at least give it a shot. So definitely don't be afraid. I love it. That's perfect. Empower kids through movement. That's what we do here. So we really appreciate your time. We wish you the best of luck. I, I think it's the end of this month that you get your final roster out, right? Is it the end of May that it's coming out? End of May here. And then uh, right. if you're looking to watch the Paralympics, they start August 24th. Awesome. Well, we'll be your number one fans cheering you on and we'll be sure to follow up with you and see how things are going. 
Well, thanks. I'll be the little short one out there. Easy to find. <laughs> we'll find you because of your shoes, right? I don't know. Everybody has those shoes, I guess, is the question. Actually, those are custom for me. Yes. All right. Back to look through my shoes. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to post that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, John, so much. You take care and good luck getting in the chair today. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, After our interview with John, I just couldn't seem to stop asking him questions. And one of the things that I was really curious about is what would he say to some of the kids who would really excel in wheelchair sports, but don't necessarily use a wheelchair every day and might have a stigma or a fear against getting in a wheelchair and trying out a sport. So check out his answer in this next segment. So John, one of the things that I was wondering about is we have some kids that are either have spina bifida or an amputee and they're, they're pretty high level functioning when it comes to kids with disabilities. But when you compare them to their able-bodied peers, they have a really hard time keeping up. And so what are some things that you might say to them that they could get from a benefit if they would sit in a sport wheelchair and give wheelchair sports a try? Uh, you know, those are some of the, the people that I'm most excited to play with. Because uh, they may feel like they're kind of at the, the bottom of the totem pole as far as competing against their able-bodied, you know, peers and, and friends. Uh, but when they put them, you know, in a wheelchair sports setting on a basketball court, you know, they're the highest classification like we talked before. Uh, they're going to have the most function. They're going to be able to guard the, the biggest guy on the other team. They're going to score a lot of points. You know, they're usually in a role that they get to be in a leadership position, which is something that can really help, you know, not only personally, um, you know, but on the court as well to develop themselves in, in multiple ways. And so it's something that, you know, maybe a stigma that like, Hey, I don't, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't need a wheelchair. You know what? It, it's going to put you in a pretty awesome position and benefit you in, in more ways just than, you know, you're gonna be able to compete athletically. It's going to help you in life. And, and as you go back to your able-bodied peers and they can watch you play wheelchair basketball and they're like, Oh my gosh, you're incredible. And then you play against them. It, it just leads to a lot of different things. So yeah, you might not really lean towards it, but man, give it a shot. You're going to be surprised what happens. Awesome. Thank you so much. Live For is a 501c3 nonprofit. We believe in fostering trust and support in kids to give them the freedom to go confidently in the direction of their dreams. If you would like to know more about our programs and services, or if you would like to contribute to our cause, please visit www.liveliv-4for.org.